The thought of sugar can be such an emotive thing, can't it? It's our quick energy fix, our comfort, our indulgence, our reward. It can be one of our very favourite things. And yet, it can also be a source of real resistance and guilt and shame. We may have tried to get rid of our sugar addiction many, many, many times over, but we always end up back at the beginning. Well, this week, I'm going to be giving you a very different approach to reducing your sugar intake, which is going to help you to identify why giving it up hasn't worked for you in the past and what you need to do to change that in the future. Welcome to the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness podcast, bringing you a weekly dose of fitness and wellness inspiration as we explore together how to get motivated and create a realistic and achievable way to stay active within a busy life while stepping away from guilt and the diet roller coaster for good. Together, we'll unpack some of the myths and unhelpful messages from the traditional fitness and diet industry so that you can find a better, kinder, more helpful way to fit exercise and wellness strategies into your life improve your confidence and feel amazing. I'm your host, women's fitness and wellbeing coach, Alex Hubble, founder of ChickFit, mum of two, and a firm believer that exercise and eating well can go hand in hand with chocolate, wine, and lots of rest to create a happy life. You can find out more about me at chickfit.co.uk or head to my social media channels at Alex Chickfit. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you're having a great week so far. And I know that this is going to be a super, super popular episode because sugar is such a huge topic, isn't it? It's always one of the top things that gets discussed with all my members. It's something that I work with people on all the time. And it's something that a lot of us have issues with. And, you know, a lot of people would probably describe themselves as addicted to sugar or we talk about the fact that we self-sabotage with sugar too. So, you know, maybe we eat really well for a few days and then apparently sabotage ourselves with sugar. Now, I'm a touch sceptical about the idea of sugar addiction, although there has been some research that's been done that has shown that it kind of lights up the same reward sensors in the brain as certain drugs. I'm not sure I'm totally on board with us being, you know, fully addicted to sugar because I think there's other things that are going on as well. And I also feel that self-sabotage with sugar isn't really a thing. And we say that to ourselves and we feel bad about it. But I think it's more a coping mechanism, to be honest, than self-sabotage as such. But even if we were to say that sugar addiction is a thing, even if we were to say that you are self-sabotaging with sugar... When we talk about it like that, it can actually be really, really unhelpful because it does suggest that there's something wrong with us, that we have this complete lack of control around sugar and that this tendency in us is a really, really bad thing. And when we see sugar as this thing that we just lack any control over, then we can find it very hard to get rid of. And what I want to do today is talk to you a little bit about, you know, why we may feel like that, why we may feel that lack of control, why it's not often really about the sugar itself and why it's about other things and to talk to you about some different ways of thinking about things that you maybe haven't thought about when it comes to reducing your sugar intake. You know, the truth of the fact is that we are wired to search out sugar, okay? Ever since, you know, our man's early life years and years and years and years ago, it was a very quick source of energy. It gave us rewards because nature was saying to us, look, this is really valuable. It's got a lot of energy in it and this is important to you. So, you know, sugar was a very quick source of energy. So when it was, you know, it, it was sought out really. And even, you know, even a couple of hundred years ago, sugar was still something that was very highly prized. It was expensive. It was rare to have sugar. It was a highly, highly prized thing. 
But of course, the problem now is that sugar is ridiculously readily available. It's incredibly cheap. It's added to all sorts of foods, add flavour, even ones that you wouldn't think of as having sugar in have got sugar in them. It's used to replace fat in low-fat products. So, you know, in a lot of like low-fat flavoured yogurts, for example, they'll pile in the sugar instead because that makes it taste better than a low-fat yogurt without sugar in would. So it makes it taste a lot better. It makes it taste a lot more-ish, you know satisfies our palates but you know replacing fat with sugar not an ideal thing to do but it's there and it's it's like our taste buds have been trained to want the sugar the sugar the sugar because it just gets added into all sorts of things and of course the fact is that sugar does light up the reward centers in our brain it makes us feel good it tastes good it can be very moorish. It also causes a big spike in blood sugar, which gives us that instant rush of energy. But of course, that is obviously followed by a big crash. So our blood sugar crashes back down again. And of course, that prompts us to seek out even more to give us back our energy. So we end up on this roller coaster, this sugar roller coaster just goes on and on and on. And it's also very comforting. You know, it lights up the reward centers. It makes us feel good. It makes us feel confident. It makes us feel calm. So, of course, we search it out. Now, of course, I don't need to tell you that this is non-ideal. All of this kind of like blood sugar going up and down, all of this sugar added into, you know, things that it just doesn't need to be added into. Because not only does it ultimately reduce our energy, even though we think it's giving us energy, it's actually causing these constant sugar crashes, which are draining us of energy all the time. It leads to inflammation in the body. Eventually, that can show up as things like joint pain and chronic disease and things like that. It ages us more quickly. So sugar damages and destroys collagen cells. And we all know that collagen is something that sort of plumps up our skin, you know, reduces our wrinkles and things. So the more sugar you eat, the more wrinkles you're going to get. <laughs> Sadly, it can also lead to increased insulin resistance because if you keep pumping sugar into the body and you, you are, you know, seeing yourself through the day on lots and lots of sugar, then you are having to pump out more and more and more insulin. And eventually we become insulin resistant. In other words, we become less and less sensitive to insulin. So we have to pump more and more and more of it out. That eventually leads to weight gain. It leads to difficulty losing weight. It leads to us putting more weight on around the tummy. And that's probably the most important part of it is that we put more weight on centrally around our tummy. That is not great news for our organs and for our future health as well. And it can also lead to things like brain fog. It does have an effect on our brain and we can feel foggy and maybe not quite as on it as we might otherwise do. So, of course, there are lots and lots of reasons that we don't want to have too much sugar in our diet. And, you know, without doubt, for many of us, reducing sugar is really, really important. But as anyone who's tried to do it before is going to tell you, it's also incredibly, incredibly hard. We are designed to seek out sugar. Okay, so it's going to be very hard for us to not have that thing. So today, I really want to talk about how we can do that in a very different way. And this is definitely not about cutting all sugar out of your diet, going cold turkey, seeing all sugar as evil and never looking at it again. That's not what this is about because, you know, we definitely can still enjoy sugar within our diets. There's nothing wrong with having some of it. And actually, at the end, I'm also going to share with you a few quick tips that are going to help your body to just cope a little bit better with that sugar intake when you do have it. But we don't need to get rid of sugar. You know, it's like anything in life, there is always space for those things. We don't need to go cold turkey and get rid completely because, you know, we don't have to. We don't have to. Our bodies absolutely can cope with some sugar. It's just when we're using it constantly to fix other things and to satisfy other needs that it, it becomes less healthy for us to do that. So before I start, I want to talk about how not to reduce sugar. I've probably already given you a couple of clues there. 
Do not go cold turkey. Okay, that only works for a certain amount of time. Don't use willpower. Again, not particularly helpful. We will seek out sugar if we can seek out sugar. So using willpower and trying to use reason with ourselves is not really going to work or it's certainly not going to work for very long. Don't decide you're never allowed to eat sugar again. <laughs> like I've said, we want to be able to enjoy it within our diets, right? I want to be able to enjoy chocolate and cakes and biscuits and sweets and all those kind of things. I absolutely want to be able to keep eating those things. So deciding you're never allowed to eat sugar again can just can end up leading you on that roller coaster. Don't beat yourself up for eating too much sugar. So wherever you are right now, it doesn't matter. You know, you're listening to this because you want to do something about it and you want to change it. So let's focus on that instead of sitting there going, oh God, I'm so addicted to sugar. Oh God, I can't seem to cope without it. What's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you. You're just reacting to, you know, what your body is asking of you, which is a, you know, completely normal and natural thing in the evolutionary process, right? So don't beat yourself up about it. it you, you are where you are. Nothing we can do about that, but we can do something about, you know, how you deal with that going forward. Please don't tell yourself you're addicted or you're self-sabotaging when it comes to sugar. It's really tempting to tell ourselves that. And all that does is it takes control out of our hands and puts it somewhere else. You know, it takes us away from us having some level of control over it, some level of say over what goes into our bodies. And it gives us an excuse, doesn't it, as to why we're going to eat all that sugar. We're like, well, I'm just addicted. There's nothing I can do about it. Definitely not true. It's just that maybe the approaches that, that we have been taught to use in the past are not that helpful. So, you know, because all of this stuff ultimately, you know, willpower, going cold turkey, deciding never to eat sugar again, beating ourselves up for eating too much sugar, it only lasts so long. You know, it's much like a diet where we might be great at it for a while. We might, you might even manage it for a couple of months. You know, give up that sugar, you might manage it for a couple of months, but eventually the binge is going to arrive. And if you've ever tried to reduce or give up sugar before, you're going to know that it's the up and down, isn't it? You can give it up for a while and then it comes back like literally so quickly in the other direction and you end up in the complete other direction of that thing. So we definitely don't want to be doing those things, right? And I think that often we're given very surface level things to do, right? We're not dealing with the emotions. We're not dealing with why we're having the sugar in the first place. And we're just kind of plastering over the top of it and saying, just give it up altogether. Just go cold turkey. Do you know what? I've had lots of clients who have said to me things like, oh, you know, I'm just going to go cold turkey because that just is what works for me. It doesn't really work for me just to reduce. I just have to give it up completely. And it's rubbish. It's absolute rubbish because a few weeks in, you'll get bored of it, you'll get fed up, you'll want to eat some sugar and it'll all come crashing down around your ears. So we definitely don't want to be there. But how do we do it? Well, I have already started to vaguely talk about that there when I talk about the fact that we need to understand the deeper reasons for why we're searching for that sugar. Okay, so number one on how to reduce your sugar intake is to understand why you're searching for sugar. Okay. Often we use it as a quick energy fix. So if we're feeling tired, we'll add that into the mix and you know it will give us that quick energy boost. Even though we get the crash later, we get the initial energy boost we're looking for. As I said before, we're programmed to seek it out. Our ancestors were programmed to seek out sugary or sweet, not necessarily sugary, but sweet foods because sweet foods had lots of energy in them. And, you know, back in the day, hunter-gatherer, you were programmed to seek it out and to have it when it was there, okay? Because it wasn't often there, right? So they had it when it was there, but it wasn't often there. So we're programmed to seek it out. So never forget that, that, you know, we're trying to fight against our innate instincts in a world that provides us with ridiculously cheap and simple ways to get hold of sugar and a lot of it, right? 
And I think also we often use it because it's a quick, cheap, easy, accessible form of comfort. Okay, so it lights up the reward centers of the brain and it actually makes us feel calm. It releases some of those feel-good chemicals and it makes us feel good. It makes us feel calm for a little while. And so if we're very stressed or we're very busy or we've had a bad day or we feel like rewarding ourselves, we will probably reach for the sugary foods. Yeah, when we're feeling like that, we don't tend to reach for, I don't know, a handful of nuts, do we? That's not going to do the trick. Sugar absolutely will because it lights up those reward centers and it calms us down. But of course, we know that using it for energy or using it to calm us may work in the moment, but it's not particularly helpful in the long term. And actually, it can end up being very unhelpful in the long term. If we use it over and over and over again, you know, we never actually get to the root cause of the problem and it can end up being really, really unhelpful for us in so many different ways. So that's number one. Understand why we actually are on the search for sugar, why we use sugar. So number two is once we know why that is happening, we can start to look for other solutions. So if you're low on energy, for example, what other solutions are out there for you? Does it always have to be sugar or could it be that you need a better bedtime routine? Do you get into bed, scroll through your phone, struggle to get to sleep, wake up in the middle of the night and just not get great sleep? And so the next day you're tired, you're cranky and you feel like you just deserve the sugar and you need the sugar to get you through the day. So could you be working on a better bedtime routine? Could you be eating more balanced meals? You know, so maybe if you're having very carby breakfast and lunch that's, again, spiking your blood sugar, it's making you hungry quickly afterwards. You then reach for the sugar because your body doesn't feel particularly nourished and, you know, you end up on that sugar roller coaster again. So eating more balanced meals can help to give you more energy. We know that eating the right kinds of food can give us more balanced energy throughout the day. Could it be getting out for a walk each morning? So, you know, getting sunlight into your eyes in the morning can set your circadian rhythm. It can mean that when you're sleeping, you're resting better. It can give you an energy boost in the morning. So let's say you've been sat at your desk since 9am and it's now 11am. Go for a quick 10 minute walk. It's going to give you that little energy boost. It's also going to help you to sleep better the next night and that is going to improve things. More exercise, implementing other strategies for reducing stress because one of the key things that drains us of energy in our lives right now is stress. It's trying to do too much, trying to be everything to everyone, trying to, you know, be all things and to be amazing at everything. I mean, very hard on ourselves and beating ourselves up for the way that we look like so much stress in our lives these days and stress results in low energy. And then we are low on energy. So we reach for the sugar. And so we add sugar to the system, which is stressful to the system and which inflames the system. And then we feel more stress and it just goes round and round and round. So what other strategies can you start to implement for reducing your stress? If you're using it for a reward, what other things do you have in your toolkit for that? Does it always have to be that it's always a bar of chocolate and a glass of wine when you're you know, rewarding yourself at the end of a day? Or could it be something else? Could you have a bath instead? Could you try meditation? Could you just let yourself have a cup of tea and a sit down in the middle of the day? Could you use less negative self-talk? You know, that's a big one. Like we are not very nice about ourselves all day long. You know, we say horrible things about ourselves. We think we're not worthy. We look in the mirror and we're like, oh God, look at the state of me. Is it any wonder that at the end of the day, we're like, oh my God, what can I have to make me feel better about myself? And we reach for the sugary stuff, right? So we don't reach for sugar for the sake of it. We reach for sugar because of a reason. We need something from it. So rather than telling yourself over and over again, oh, I just am addicted to sugar. I can't help it. Actually take a step back and say, hang on a minute. I'm seeking something from this. This is giving me something. It's providing me comfort. It's providing me energy. It's making me feel calmer. It's making me feel better. 
what other solutions can I start to bring into my life that are going to provide me with those things? So it doesn't always have to be about the sugar. And of course, sometimes it can still be the sugar. You're still allowed to have that, right? But it's just saying, look, sometimes there are other things that I could be doing for myself. And yeah, you know, they're going to require that little bit more effort initially. We often reach for sugar because it's so quick and like literally within 10 seconds, you can have that bar of chocolate in your hand and be sitting on the sofa eating it, right? Whereas running yourself a bath or doing a meditation or, you know, whatever else it is you you do, it's going to require a little bit more effort initially. But in the long term, it's going to make you feel so much better because not only are you reducing your sugar intake as a result, but you're managing your stress better. You're having more energy. You're feeling better about yourself. So those things are really, really important. And I think, you know, what I would say about this, though, is, you know, don't look at that and go, oh, right. So now every time I feel like sugar, I'm going to always have a bath, do it, do this, do that, do the other. Gradually start to add these things in. And you may find that initially it doesn't particularly change your sugar intake that much. And that's okay as well. All right. Don't beat yourself up about that. But start thinking about what other things and practices and strategies you can start to bring into your life that are going to help you with the things that are maybe causing you to reach for the sugar. Okay. So how can you start to implement those things now? Because I promise you that once you start to do that, then gradually, 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 you're going to start to feel better. You're going to have more energy. You're going to be less stressed. Uh, so you've got less reason to reach for the sugar, all right? So it takes a little bit of time. It definitely does take a bit of time, but ultimately you are addressing the root causes. So that's number two. Start to look for other solutions when you understand why you're searching for sugar. I think off the back of this as well, number three is put yourself into a place of safety. And I was talking about this to somebody the other day. You know, I was saying it's all very well. You sitting there talking about, oh, well, I need to do this with my nutrition. And yeah, I should exercise more and I should do this and I should do that. And I'm just not doing them. If your brain doesn't feel safe right now, it's not going to allow you to change those things. Okay. So a lot of the, the reasons why we look for those quick solutions, those, those crutches, if you like, like sugar, is because our brain doesn't feel safe. And we often talk about this as self-sabotage, right? When we're talking about self-sabotage, what we're really talking about is our brain protecting us. And I kind of want you to remember that because it elicits two very different feelings, doesn't it? If you say to yourself, oh God, I'm just self-sabotaging, what's wrong with me? That creates a very negative feeling. Whereas if you're saying to yourself, actually, do you know what? My brain's just trying to protect me. My brain doesn't feel particularly safe right now because I'm very stressed or I'm very busy or you know, I, I don't talk to myself very nicely. So my brain doesn't feel safe. And so it's trying to protect me. It's actually trying to do something good. So when you eat lots of sugar in that situation, it's your brain searching for calm. It's your brain searching for safety. It's your brain searching for those feel-good chemicals that are going to make you feel better for the short term. So don't forget that because, you know, again, I think that it's one of those root causes that we don't often look to is that we may feel unsafe or our brain may feel unsafe and it's going to stop us from our efforts to change the thing that we want to change. Number four, we're actually going to talk about nutrition because I've done three things there that actually have literally nothing to do with the food that you eat. And I think this is the thing. Often we miss this stuff. This is the foundational stuff. This is the stuff that's going to actually over time is going to create the foundations that are going to make it much easier for us to reduce the sugar, right? And if we don't do that, then we're going to keep going round and round and round and round in circles. So please address those things before you get to the other stuff. Now, it's not to say that you can't kind of do them side by side. You can't do them in conjunction. Of course you can. But what I'm saying is that if you just focus on the nutrition and you don't do the other stuff, you may be missing a trick and you may not get where you need to go. So 
Number four is all about the nutrition. So the way that I do this with my clients, my members, is get them looking at their main meals. So what's in that main meal? If you're having cereal for breakfast, a sandwich and crisps for lunch, you know that's not going to set you up so well for the day. It's going to cause lots of ups and downs in your sugar balance. You're going to get very hungry by mid-morning. You're going to be looking for something that's going to give you that quick fix. You know, it's not necessarily going to be the ideal nutritional foundations for you to reduce the sugar. So before you reduce the sugar, always look at what else is going on in my diet that is maybe not helpful with this. So what I will say is that in every meal, have some protein, some fat, some carbs and some veg. Although I don't, I don't have veg for my breakfast. It just feels a bit weird. I'm afraid. Some people do. Some people love to have like a chicken soup for breakfast, but, you know, not me necessarily. But, you know, I would say that, you know, always have that combination of things and, and it's going to fill you up more. It's going to reduce your cravings and it's going to ensure you're properly nourished as well. Because sometimes what happens is we're not nourishing our body. We're not giving our body the nutrients that it needs. And so it goes looking for that and it prompts you to reach for the sugary snacks as well. So what can you do to make sure that you're adding and again, it doesn't have to be like this wholesale alteration of your eating habits, right? It's just thinking about what could I add into this that is going to help me. So, you know, for breakfast, for example, if you have, let's say you have porridge or overnight oats, always add some peanut butter or some nuts and seeds to it or something like that that's going to just add that bit extra, that protein into it that's going to keep you fuller for longer. You know, at lunchtime, make sure that you add in some veg, even if it's just some chopped carrots and cucumber or something to go alongside your sandwich and that your sandwich has some protein in it as well. That's definitely going to help. You know, maybe have some hummus with it as well. So that's definitely going to help. So how can you take your existing diet and pimp it up and make it better and make it more nourishing for you? Because believe me, when you do that, you are going to end up craving sugar less. You know, I we did this recently. So in the ChickFit Members Club in February, we did a 28-day fit sprint. And part of it was working on nutrition. And in the first week, we worked on protein. And I sort of said, look, just make sure you're adding protein to every meal. And so many people came back and they're like, do you know what? That one simple change has meant that I've been fuller for longer. I've been more satisfied. I've reached for sugary snacks a lot less, like without even consciously thinking about those other things. Simply adding the protein in was really, really helpful. And fat as well will do the same thing. Fat fills you up. So definitely look at that. So I feel that often we can't just go, right, I'm just going to take sugar out. Often we need to think about what do we need to add in first so that we're like having that really nourishing diet that makes us less likely to reach for the sugar anyway. We just need it less, right? So definitely have a think about that. So those are the four ways that, you know, or the, the process, let's call it a step-by-step process. So number one, understand why you're looking for and using the sugar. Number two, once you know that, what are the other solutions for the reasons that you're looking for the sugar and how can you start to implement some of those into your life? Number three, put yourself in a place of safety. So make sure that your brain feels safe or as safe as it can. And then number four, start looking at nutrition. So what's going on with everything else in your diet? Because those things, if we're loading in all of the good stuff, we're loading in the nourishment, then we will just naturally start to reduce the amount of sugar that's going in there as well. So those are your four things. And, you know, I think, like I said, ultimately, I think we often do this the wrong way around. We try and go cold turkey and give up all the sugar first without thinking about the reasons that this is happening in the first place. So I'm definitely going to encourage you to do some work on that first to get like really conscious of why it's happening rather than just beating yourself up and saying, well, there's obviously something wrong with me. I just crave sugar all the time and I'm just addicted to sugar. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> there's always a deeper reason for it and a deeper reason needs to be addressed. So definitely start having a think about that.
And then before I finish, I just wanted to add a couple of things in about when you do eat sugar. Because like I say, I don't want you to completely give up sugar. You don't want to completely give up sugar. You don't need to completely give up sugar. Your body is perfectly capable of dealing with some sugar. Okay, It's not going to affect you negatively if you eat some sugar. Obviously, we don't want to be eating it all the time, every single day, using it as a quick fix all the time. But we can absolutely cope with sugar. So there's a few little tips and tricks I would give you to make sure that that sugar has the least impact on your body so you're not driving up those blood sugar levels so quickly. So number one is when you eat sugar, try and eat it with protein and or fat. Okay, because that's going to keep your blood sugar levels a bit more stable. So let's say you decide to have a bar of chocolate. Could you have a couple of nuts before that or something as well that's going to balance things out? So it's always adding protein and fat essentially stay in your system for longer. That It takes longer for your body to digest them and they will keep you fuller and they will keep you more balanced. Okay, they're not driving up your blood sugar in the same way that sugar is. So what can you have with it? And I actually, I had this discussion the other day with somebody who was like, oh, you know, yeah, I'm just, I'm going to try and drink more fruit juice instead of eating chocolate. And I'm like, you really don't want to do that. <laughs> fruit juice could actually be worse for you than chocolate when it comes to blood sugar levels, which may sound like a surprising thing to say, but what happens when you have fruit juice is they take out all the fiber. So you may have heard, oh, don't eat too much fruit because it's got lots of sugar in it. I, you know, unless you're having like 10 pieces a day, you might want to think about reducing it. But, you know, fruit in its whole form has fiber in it as well, which slows down the absorption of the sugar in it, right? Fruit juice does not have that. Fruit juice has the fiber removed, okay? So it hits your system very quickly, very hard. It drives up your blood sugar very quickly. And actually, if you eat chocolate, chocolate's got fat in it. So the presence of fat alongside the sugar will actually dampen down that response. You're still going to get a blood sugar spike, but it's, not, it's potentially not going to be as big as the fruit juice spike because you actually do have some fat in there as well. So I just thought that was an interesting illustration of you know, where we sort of don't necessarily see that add, having the protein and the fat can help us and that it can help our bodies cope better with eating the sugar. So that's one thing. And um, the second thing is try not to eat it in isolation. So if you are going to have something sugary, have it straight after a meal. You know, so if you've eaten a really nutritious meal with protein, fat, carbs, have it after that, have it as a dessert rather than having it in isolation. Because again, because you've got all of those other nutrients in there, it's going to drive your blood sugar up much less quickly, okay, and have much less of an effect on that. And that's really what we're looking for. So have it straight after a meal. I'd also say try and avoid low-fat products. Like I said before, a lot of low-fat products have a lot of sugar added to make them taste better. Because when you take fat out, you, fat is flavour, right? You take fat out, you, you take away flavour. So they add sugar in for flavour. So just be mindful of that as well. Like, you know, I don't really eat low-fat products at all. So because they don't taste as good, apart from anything, but do look out for that as well. And I think, you know, the final thing to say is just allow yourself to actually enjoy it when you have it. So what we often do is we stuff it down, we feel guilty. And then, you know, before we know it, it's in our hands again. And it doesn't make sense because we think that the guilt is going to fix it for us. But actually it doesn't. It just kind of hides it underground and, you know, it becomes this like guilty pleasure all the time. But instead, if you can take your time, if you can enjoy it, if you can appreciate it, you're probably going to actually ultimately eat less of it because when you have the sugar, you're going to feel satisfied by it rather than, I feel so guilty, I feel really bad about eating this thing. And then you try and stuff it away, hide it all away, and then you go for it again. Whereas if you're like, oh my God, I really enjoyed that, that was so good, you're going to feel satisfied by it. 
So, you know, when you have sugary things, maybe even don't opt for the cheapest possible option. Rather than going to the shop and buy the cheapest chocolate bar, like go buy something really nice. Go buy something that's going to feel really special, that you can really savour, and just let yourself enjoy it when you have it. So there we have it. Now, I know my approach is maybe a bit different to other approaches, but honestly, going cold turkey, just trying to give it all up without thinking about those other things is going to make it either incredibly hard or just impossible to get a handle on your sugar intake. So I hope it's given you some stuff to think about, especially if you have struggled with sugar in the past. Maybe this has answered a few questions for you and you're looking at it and you're going, oh, right, okay. Now I get it. Now I understand. And now I can see what other things I might want to start doing. And like I say, it's not that if you do these things straight away, you'll see a big reduction in your sugar. It's going to take a bit of time. But the foundations are so, so, so important. And I hope that has helped you to see how you could approach things slightly differently in the future. So anyway, let me know what you think by reaching out to me on social media. I'm at Alex Chickfit on Instagram and Facebook. So do reach out and let me know what your thoughts are on that. And I'm going to finish this week by saying thank you once again for joining me. It's been a real, real pleasure. I hope you have a great rest of the week and I'll see you back here again next time. Thank you so much for joining me today for the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness. Don't forget to come over and join me on my social media channels at Alex Chickfit for plenty more inspiration.